Welcome to Geocache Adventures, the podcast where we explore everything geocaching. I'm your host, Shadow Dragon One. I love geocaching. If you're listening to this, you probably love it too. If you enjoy the podcast, consider sharing it with somebody that you think would love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and there's a Facebook group as well, so you can join in the fun and share your adventures. There's also a Patreon page that you can join and unlock exclusive content. Do you like attending geocache events? Have you ever thought of hosting a geocache event? Maybe you're newer to geocaching, but you can still host an event. Are you unsure about attending events? Join me and my guest Lee Katz this episode as we talk about hosting events and some tips for people attending events. Hi everybody, Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is returning guest Lee Katz, aka Var of Harkin. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I love coming on here with you. <laughs> it's always a blast. Absolutely. We're going to talk about hosting events today, and you've done this a few times. So how many events have you hosted? Uh, it, it took you asking that to, to look it up, but apparently I have done like 21 events since 2017. That's not bad. That's not bad. 21 events in eight years? And that ranges from, I've done a couple of CETOs or CITOs. Uh, I've done a lot of ice cream socials. People around here love the ice cream socials. They love the pie socials. Uh, the community event, I've gotten to do one of those. Uh, we've co-hosted MIG, you know, MIG has co-hosted with SIGA, C-I-G-A, which is the uh, group of geocachers down in the Bloomington, Decatur area. We've done a co-host of that with a picnic two years in a row. And uh, the rest of them just been off the shoot meet and greets you know yeah i think i said eight years but that's actually six years 17 to 20 oh i can't do math today <laughs> it's sunday i don't do math on sundays that's why i did all these questions and answers yesterday because i don't do math <laughs> so these events when you host them what kind of prep work do you do ahead of time for them well it all depends on what kind of event you're doing. Um, for example, if you're going to do a CITO or a CITO, C-I-T-O, um, first of all, you got to figure out where you're going to do it. Then you got to get in touch with the management personnel of that particular park or wherever you plan on cleaning up and get their approval. Uh, one time, the, the guys actually met us out there and they gave us all of the equipment we needed. They had the trash bags. They had the oh. little pokey things for the ground. You know, some of them, some people came with those, what I call robot arms, where you have the handle and it has a little pincers oh, at okay. the end. So a lot of people came prepared for that stuff because apparently they like to do those. And, and that's fine. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't see the camaraderie that I like to get from my events from those CITOs. So I stopped doing them after two. Um, but in general, basically you want to get a hold of the, the venue that you're planning on using uh, ice cream, socials, uh, pie places. You want to one, make sure they can handle the worst possible scenario of the amount of people you're expecting. Um, Second, you want to, you know, just basically see what they are asking of you and your group. Hey, can you guys, you know, get your stuff and go outside to sit or whatever? You know, you know, because sometimes some places are a little small. Yeah. Um, and you basically want to, you know, next thing you're going to want to do is figure out a date and time if you didn't already have an idea of that. Um. Will there be any prizes of such? You know, if you're doing a social or a meet and greet, do you want some sort of, you know, uh, I don't know. One time I did longest, longest uh, uh, area traveled. You know, okay. we had people coming from Iowa, so, so they got the prize oh, because wow. they came from outside of the state. Um, will there be prizes? And if so, how are the winners determined? 
uh, is it going to be a drawing? I, I have actually somewhere sitting around here in my in my geocaching stuff. I have actual raffle tickets that the local Freemasons donated to me. So we could use a raffle ticket if we needed to okay. for that type of situation. Um, and, and that kind of stuff. Then of course you want to, once you have that stuff established, you want to get on the geocaching.com site, set up the event. And it's pretty much set up just like a hosting or just like a uh, new geocache, except, Obviously, there's no physical thing to worry about. You just have to worry about the location. Um, and not that it's required. And a lot of people get caught up in this, but it's not a requirement in events to have a log. Okay. Okay. Some of the more stickler geocaches, they come expecting, hey, where's your log for me to sign? Well, I don't have one. Because one, I'm busy. I, I'm not a retired person. I work for the day, you know. Yeah. And and two, this is kind of a limited area. So where would I put a log sheet? I said, you guys do your attended and that is your log. You know, I'm, I'm basically streamlining it for you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so, and and then, you know, basically you, you wait for the approval uh, from... The reviewer and as far as the reviewer is concerned because i know this was one of your questions you you sent me ahead of time is um different reviewers and and i found this out when i did a meet and greet in iowa we did a mig invades iowa last last summer and i did a meet and greet at one of the iowa establishments um kind of yeah a whisper and a prayer but uh, we did this, and that particular reviewer required us to not put the name of the business in there. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Now, my local reviewer, he says, oh, yeah, put the business name in there so that people know where the heck they're going if their GPS isn't working or right. whatever. But this guy said, no, don't put the business in there because you don't want to commercialize it. Ah. Okay, we're going to this business. How more commercialized can you get? <laughs> but whatever. <clears throat> so playing by the rules, swiped that line out of the geo event and resubmitted it, got approved right away. So those are just the basic things. Now, geocaching HQ, they have on their, their uh, vlog or whatever you want to call it, uh, they do have how to host an event in 12 easy steps. I just gave you seven. So again, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> because some of the stuff they put in there, because I've done it probably enough times, it's not really necessary to say, but I guess they wanted to dumb it down and, and take it from somebody who absolutely knows nothing of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And here's the, literally the step-by-step -step to do it. So if you want to go by that, there's no problem with that. I looked at it uh, yesterday. It looks fine. It, it's very uh, intuitive. It'll give you everything you need to know. But there are some things you can kind of, you know, wave off a little bit. Okay. And you can log your own event as attended, can't you? Yes, you can. And I love doing that. <laughs> Used to be back in the day, way back when, when geocaching started. Well, let me rephrase that. When I started geocaching, for about the first year or so, they actually allowed people to log their own finds. Really? Yeah. And at some point, somebody said, wait, time out. That's not fair. We're going to make it so you can't find your own hides because that doesn't make any sense. Okay, I get that. But as far as the events especially in the wake of the current wheel of challenges or whatever the heck it's called, where this month is, you know, is focused in on doing events and community stuff. Uh, it's great that you can log a, an attended on your own event because 
boom, there you are, 75 points. I don't think I get any points extra for hosting it. So at least I get the points. There you go. Okay. So why should people attend events? I mean, obviously right now we have the whole wheel of challenges and you can get souvenirs for that. But outside of that, why should geocachers attend events? Well, quite honestly, I think it comes down to this. Um, if they attend the events, whether they're new or old, as in new geocachers or old geocachers, um, they can, they can, first of all, learn more about their geocaching community that they either reside in or visit mostly, however it works for them. We have some of the um, same people that come to those events. So you'll see a um, familiar face when you okay. come to that event. So you get to learning more of the community abroad of the geocachers that, that play around that area. Another way is it gives them a chance to talk to those people, get tips, tricks. Maybe there's a geocache that's a total albatross to them and they can't figure out how to get from, you know, where the GZ is to finding the actual cache. Maybe it's a gadget cache. Maybe they don't know what they need to do on those. So they can get tips and, you know, friendly advice on how to deal with certain scenarios that might be troubling them. Um, another thing is just come for the social time. Come for the event, the, the pie, the ice cream, whatever have you. If you like to, you know, help Mother Earth, come for the Cyto part. Um, another thing that the Geocaching HQ site said uh, that I fully embrace is you don't have to go to the event strictly for geo, sorry, geocaching. You can come for an ulterior motive. For example, the event that just got approved for me last night that's happening on the 24th of September is an uh, ice cream event where <laughs> it just happens to correspond with the same business has a mini golf set in their backyard. Oh. So I toted it on the page as come for the ice cream, come for the geocaching. And if you want an added bonus, go one-on-one -on -one with your fellow geocachers on a, on a mini golf course. Yeah. What the heck? So there's just like there's different reasons of geocachers or different styles, rather. You got the traditional, you got the mystery, you got the earthquake or the earth cache. Same idea. Everybody comes to those events for their own reasons. Maybe they want to just chat it up. Maybe they just want to learn some new tidbits. Maybe they just want to get out of the house and not feel like they have to go searching for a geocache. It's sometimes that simple. Yeah. Why should people host the events? Uh, again, same reason, but um, I would, I would urge new people, not new people, newer people to hosting events because um, sometimes new ideas can be brought up through this. You know, you've always heard, we ain't never done it that way before. Yeah. Well, same thing happens in geocaching and sometimes in the events. Um, I came up with a new event when my very first event, and mind you, this was only after going to two different events locally. But my very first event, I completely broke bonds as far as what normally happened at an event. And if you have time, I will explain it. Yes. My first event was at a place called the Burger Barge locally here in East Peoria. And it was for the Mary Hyde uh, promo. It was Pirates that happened back in 2017. Some people may remember it. But this burger barge happened to have 
probably a one-eighth scale of an actual pirate ship in their parking lot. Oh, wow. So the hint was, you'll know you're in the right place when you see it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but in order to do this event, I went in and I talked to the management, and they have a uh, separated uh, venue. They had the main boardwalk of dining area, which catered to the kids. It had some games. It had some prize wheels, all that kind of stuff. It has a bar in the back for more of just the beachgoers type. You know, they want to just come in, have a few drinks, have a beer, have a burger, get, get out of there. But then they have another area on the opposite side of the building from the bar called the captain's quarters and the captain's quarters were really done up nicely had sharks fake sharks above the ceiling or on the ceiling and swimmers and different kinds of you know just bric-a-brac all around that made it look like you were in the actual captain's quarters of a, an old spanish galleon or something oh wow yeah it was really it, it was really impressive it holds 40 people by dining. 40 people can dine in there. Okay. Okay. So I went to the management. I said, this is what I want to do. And, you know, what do you need from me? And what can I get from you? It was a give and take. And they said, well, we can go ahead and host it. Do you want, uh, do you want anything off the menu or do you want certain items on the menu? Kind of like what you would do when you're trying to host a reception for a wedding. Okay. You know, where they gave me a choice of do you want just a fixed menu or do you want just, you know, whatever you, they have on their normal menu? So I said, normal menu is fine if you guys are okay with it. They said, well, how many are you looking at? I said, well, I said, how far does the captain's quarters go? They said 40 people. I said, well, I'm kind of new at this. So let's go conservatively. We'll say 20. We'll, we'll have 20 people in here. They said, okay, well, we'll, we'll put them in the, in the center of the room, closest to the bar, and we'll we'll seat our normal patrons along the walls of the bar. I said, okay, or the walls of the room, rather. I said, okay. I said, we're going to have kids here. Is that going to be a problem? He said, oh, no, because everything I do, whether it's the Masons or the geocachers, I try to incorporate the whole family, kids, spouses, everything. So I said, we're going to have kids here. What can you do for them? Well, that's an interesting problem. Not that we have a problem with kids, but normally kids don't come into this part of the uh, restaurant. But I said, can you make like a special non-alcoholic kidsy drink? They said, I have the perfect idea for you. It's called a shark attack. Don't ask me what's in it. I have no idea. <laughs> but the thing is, is it's, it's, I think it's got Sprite in it, a couple of fruit flavors in it, yada, yada, yada. Sorry, wasn't supposed to say that and it had as the you know the 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 figure piece is they actually put a gummy shark in the big, i've seen stuff yes, like that those big, are awesome fish, it's a big fish bowl of glass and they put the shark in there under the ice so you know they have to have fun with that so he said we can do that i said okay what's the price for that he says oh well We'll worry about that in a while. Okay, whatever. So long story short, when I went out with the uh, geocaching page, I set it up like a normal geo event or what I thought would be a normal geo event. And I said at the end, I said, hey, just as an added bonus, I said, there's, there's two coloring pictures attached on this page. Um, bring, bring the coloring pictures, you know, done one one of the two done by your kid and we'll have somebody judge the pictures and those kids will also get a prize okay so we had we had door prizes and we had kids prizes the door prizes weren't much they were you know right in the rain paper that kind of stuff but the kids we went out to the local costume shop and we bought a foam sword for one of them we bought a couple eye patches. You know, it was just a lot of fun. And then my buddy 
who's basically been in the geocaching long as long as I have, he came up with a geocache that he tried to uh, get posted or published rather just before the event, but his timing was a little bit off. So it didn't actually go live. So he didn't have the geocaching page to work with. So what he did was he came up with a drawn out map that everybody got like a pirate's map where it showed the, the steps in this way. And there's, there's landmarks here and there's the X and all that crap. And people loved going for that thing. Yeah. So they, they kind of had a prevision of the geocache that 24 hours later got approved. So the first to find (laughs) was already found (laughs) through this method. So we completely broke down what was normally done for an event because the two events that I had gone to were basically meeting greets. Yeah. Everybody's at all the clicks sat to themselves and you got to try to get away from that. Even if you, you know, if you have a formalized organization, have somebody as an official greeter, you know, where they, they go out and they, Hey, you're not from around here. Let me go see who you are and, and introduce you to the other people. And that's their job. Um, so anyway, getting back to the story. So we did this little pirate treasure geocache. We did the kids thing. We did the kids drink. And next thing I know, day of, now you know how we get a lot of will attends and sometimes those will attends don't attend. So yeah. we might have, let's say 20 att- will attends, but maybe 10 show up, maybe five. No. I had 40 will attends. Oh, my. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, 25 will attends. Okay. 25 will attends. And one thing you want to do as an event host, always double it. Because you the figure spouses least, and kids. at least the spouses are coming. So 25 people turned into 44 total people <laughs> remember when i said the room would hold 40 we had 44 we had people that the the venue was scrambling to bring chairs in and they were putting them on the ends of certain tables oh wow <laughs> so that people had a place to sit the people that were normally your their patrons they actually kicked out of the room they said i'm sorry we gotta get you to a different table oh wow <laughs> So after that happened, of course, we, we posted on Facebook and, and not to tout my own whatever, but one of the people from the now pretty much derelict uh, geocaching associations here, uh, they came up to me afterwards and they said, we need to make you president. I said, why? <laughs> she goes, I have never seen a turnout like this ever in a geocaching event well maybe you guys can learn from it we all saw what happened did you do anything special to promote it other than just Just publishing it and publishing it and um i put it on facebook saying here's the now back then there was no mig so i didn't have that to fall back on okay but i got on the pac website i got on the sigo website and that was pretty much it just that and apparently it was a event drought happening and people were just starving to go to do a geocaching event and this was right here and it just happened to be in tune with the mary hyde thing so i guess i had that to play with too timing is everything sometimes yeah but it was dynamite that was probably the most fun event i've ever had but i'll tell you what it was also the most work I've ever done on an event. <laughs> and I really topped myself, and I haven't done that way in a long time. Just because, like I said, time gets away from you, and you just don't have that time to worry with it. Yeah. That brings up a good point, though. When Obviously, if you're like outside at a park or something, the number of people attending, you don't have to worry too much about 
you know, if you have more or less so much, but if you're doing it at a venue and you haven't really hosted before, how do you, how are you supposed to estimate the number of people who might attend? That's, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. And, and like I said, I only estimated 10 or 20 at the best to have 44 people turn out was just unheard of. In fact, people that day were talking like, Holy cow, look at how many people are in here for this. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's really no good way of, of estimating it. Nowadays, uh, last summer, I, I made it a goal of my own. I went through and I did a at least one event every month of the summer. Because back then, I was in a job that I could do that. Okay. I, I could focus in on that enough. This year wasn't so much, but when I do host an event now, I basically give it a default of 10. We'll have 10 people here. But when I'm looking at the event venue, I want to make sure there's more room than just 10, just in case. Yeah. Especially now with this Wheel of Challenges thing this month, you know, people are going to be starving to do an event. So I know when I did this, when I, when I made this event for the 24th, it was originally on the 17th. Well, this morning, I just happened to be looking up some geocaching stuff. And I noticed, oh, wait, there's another event close by on the 17th. Mm. That's not usually happening. So that was kind of a, an issue like, what do I do? Do I go with it? Do I reschedule? It just so happens nobody had done a will attend on mine yet. Ah. And theirs had been out since the 31st of August. So, okay, they've got will attends. We'll leave them at that. And it's in Lincoln, which is, I don't know, about 30, 35, 40 minutes from here. So fairly close. yeah, it's relatively close, and, and it's in what I call the MIG area. Yeah. Middle-line geocachers. So it's in the MIG area. So I don't want to take away from theirs. And obviously, if we're going for the points thing, we don't want to have to worry about taking away from theirs. So I just easily went into the geocaching page, and bloop, there it goes, 17th out, 24th in. And save, and not five minutes later, I got my first will attack. There you go. So, wow, timing. <laughs> yeah, that one worked out good. So, and, and in fact, I, I texted this guy because he happens to be on my Facebook, friends. And I said, just to make sure you are aware that it's on the 24th now and not the 17th. He said, oh, yeah, that's why I'm doing it because I'm off that day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. What would you say to somebody who may be hesitant about attending an event for the first time? Attending an event? Mm-hmm. Um, well, for reasons previously explained on why you should attend an event, why wouldn't you? I mean, <laughs> no, seriously, think about it. Unless you're an introvert, and I mean a heavy introvert, which we do have a couple in this area. Mm-hmm. We've always seen his name on the logs, but nobody knows what he's like. Nobody really knows what he looks like because he does not attend events. Even if it's literally in his backyard, he will not attend an event. Mm. That's his prerogative. That's his prerogative. That's his choice. But if the newer people, I would always urge the newer people to attend attend an event because it is a lot of fun it gets you a lot more you know uh, knowledge base to pull from with the other geocachers and it's just it gives you something beyond just geocaching you know um somebody talked to me a little while ago about hosting an event and they said well why why can't we do an event here i said well you could but the problem is, is there's only one geocache within five miles of that. Why would they come for an event that has only one geocache around it? 
Mm-hmm. Every time you make an event, and, and this is coming from me as one of my tips and tricks, when you create an event, try to put an event together where there's multiple geocaches around your area to go for. Because okay. if you're pulling somebody from, let's say, I don't know, downstate Illinois, and they come up for this event, you want them to come up and get more than just the camaraderie in the event. You want them to be able to leave saying, hey, while I was there, I hit five or six or 10 geocaches that happened to be either on my way or around there. Right? Okay. That makes sense. So the if if the newcomers, the newer geocachers, should I say, if they want to come, they should, because it's only an advantageous thing. Now you know, if they don't want to get a lot out of geocaching, fine, stay at home, do your geocaching when you find it necessary or or deem it fit to do, and go on your merry way. But the events are there to spawn camaraderie, to build communities. If you want to be a part of the community, come to the event. That makes sense. What about hosting an event? What advice you've given us some tips and tricks, but what other advice do you have for us if you're hosting an event? Um, well, it comes to the personal preference of the geocacher hosting or possibly hosting. For example, if the person that's currently geocaching no, you know, is new to the area or whatever, new to geocaching, if they are comfortable with speaking in public and coordinating certain things. You know, maybe they're a wedding planner or something. They do it as a vacation. Then yeah, have a good time, host an event. But at the same token, you should probably just like before you hide your first geocache, you should, you know, catch so many geocaches, find so many geocaches. Same thing can be said about an event. Before you host your first event, have at least a few under your belt so you know what to expect, all right? Um, Like I said, if if your vocation is public speaking and you coordinate things as a job, have a good time. You know what it's all about. But if you're somebody completely new to the whole idea, yeah, maybe you want to sit in the wings for a couple times and, and watch how it's done. I had a couple people on my last event tell me oh yeah i want to i want to host an event but i just can't get past such and such well that's what us experienced geocachers are here for we could either help you because we're not going to do it for you but we can help you right or we can give you advice to get you from point a to point c you know and maybe you need to have point b in there maybe you can sidetrack it i don't know Okay. But and it's definitely course, worth a new person go to a neo uh an event. And the simplest form of event from what I've experienced seems to be the meet and greet where you just have people gathering someplace and they're just there to hang out and talk for a little while. Yeah, it, it is a simpler form, but at the same time, sometimes that's the harder form. Because if you do a meet and greet, you have to expect to be engaged in conversations. Some people don't react well to that. Well, probably simpler from a planning aspect, I should say. Exactly. Yeah. But as far as having a common goal in mind, which sometimes works better for an event, that's where the ice cream social or the pie social or you know, the mini golf comes into play, gives them something beyond geocaching and beyond just a meet and greet to kind of focus in on. Have some fun, you know? Yeah. So when you do something like, let's just say the ice cream social, okay. Or, you know, something where you're at a a venue of some type, whether it's the mini golf or whatever, when you're hosting the event, if you're in the area and you've been to other events, like you said, you see familiar faces and stuff, you walk in, oh, you know where to go. But if you're newer to geocaching or newer to the area and you walk in, 
do you do something to help identify the geocacher so those people know where to go? That is a very good point to bring up. Um, we had a picnic with the Meg and the Siga people back in June. And at that picnic, well, first of all, I go out when, when I get uh, somebody that finds a geocache of mine and you know, I, I have quite a few of them in the area, and I think I know most of the geocachers in the area. So if I identify somebody as a new geocacher that happened to hit on my find, <clears throat> I'll look in the geocaching profile and say, oh, yeah, they've only got two or three or six finds. So I will actually reach out to them via the geocaching messenger and say, hey, I'm here. Not to creep you out, but I'm here. And if you have any questions, let me know. And hey, by the way, we've got an event coming up and here's the GC number. Love to see you there. Okay. Let's say those people take me up on my offer. And a few of them did either by that messenger or maybe they, they knew about the event some other way. But they showed up to this picnic. And right away, I'm like, I don't recognize you. So let me go over and meet you and see who you are and start identifying or start introducing you. And that's what you need to do. You have to have, as I said before, it's nice to have somebody there whose specific job it is to identify strangers in the group and introduce them to the rest of the clan and the rest of the crew to get them feeling like they're welcome, feeling a little more at home, feeling more at ease so that they can talk freely and they can enjoy their time there rather than, you know, having all of the click sit at this table and they are sitting over at this table all by themselves, not knowing what the heck's going on, where they need to be, what they need to be doing. You have somebody basically, you know, facilitating their acclimation into the group. Okay. Yeah. How do you do that if it's like at a restaurant or something where there may be non-geocaching patrons? <laughs> like, how do you identify? That's That seems like that would be where the real struggle is, is when you've got other people coming and going into an establishment. If, if they have been around geocaching enough, and, and I know this is a bunch of ifs, but if they've <laughs> done that, and if they know that they should be wearing a geocaching oriented shirt, it's a hell of a lot easier to spot them. Oh, that's a good <laughs> point. If they're wearing their little badge of my name is, which is the 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 uh, trackable code. Yeah. You know, then you can identify them that way. Other than that, you pretty much have to play on blind faith that they're going to say to the host or hostess, hey, I'm here for such and such, and wait for that hostess to point them to your direction or seat them in your area. Okay. And then you go to work with the normal spiel of, hey, who are you? How are you? Let me introduce you. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. If you've got something geocaching and you're newer to the... But see, that also the... falls in line yeah. with, you know, I've always said before that if somebody's new to geocaching, they should get with an experienced geocacher to learn how to do it to start with. Yeah. Not just, oh, well, I've watched all these YouTube videos. I'm ready to go. <laughs> no, you aren't. Not even close. <laughs> no, that's it's always so almost misleading in a way because, you know, the, there's so many cool geocaches out there, but 90% uh, of them are not... Right. The gadget caches are not the incredible location and stuff. So it, you know, as, as cool as it is to watch those videos and see those things, if you haven't done it before, 
Right. You could almost be let down if that's what you're expecting. And then you go out there and you just find a pill bottle under a lamp post or at a fence post or something. Or or if you go to Cincinnati and you find all these wonderful little nanos sitting in the base of a parking meter, that doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah. That is a Cincinnati thing. Really? So if you're watching a YouTube video made in Cincinnati, it ain't going to translate to the Midwest Illinois area. Yeah. Sorry, doesn't happen that way. But my point is, is if you've established a mentorship with somebody as as it works with other organizations, you tell them, hey, I'm going to this event on such and such a date at such and such a time. Why don't you come with me? And then it's up to that mentor to introduce and take care of acclimating that newer person into the group. Yeah. Events could also be a way to find a mentor, especially if you're going to or meet and greet exactly. to, try to find somebody to connect with on that. We we have somebody here that um and I won't give out her name, but she's she's been to a couple of the events and she's made mention that she wants to do more, but she doesn't exactly reach out after the event to say, hey, I want to go geocache in such and such a time when, you know, when are you available or whatever, because it's not always up to the mentor. We have right. to go by their time frame. You know, it, it is nice if you can find a, a time that works for both of you, but sometimes it's just not that easy. And, and when yeah. she does come out with these ideas, it's either way out of proportion uh, or it's not really what geocaching is. So she's kind of not even hitting the mark. Okay. Yeah. Just needs a little help to sort needs it out. Needs a little out, help to understand like... what we're even talking about to start with. Yeah. But yes, you're right. The events can also lead to finding somebody that, you feel comfortable, hey, let's go geocaching. There's been plenty of times where me and my crew, in quotes, have come up and said, you know, after an event, hey, why don't we do this power trail going down in Southern Illinois? When do you have available? Oh, blah, blah, blah. blah. When do you have available? Blah, blah, blah. And we coordinate it. And just like the old codger fishermen that leave at five in the morning to get their bass boat out on the river and, and go fishing. We're leaving at five in the morning to make it down to Southern Illinois. <laughs> Don't ask me, just, just go with it. <laughs> no, that's too early. <laughs> but you got to do it because otherwise you're losing half the day in travel. Yeah, that's true. Depending on how far you're going. But yeah. Our invasion of our invasion of Iowa that happened last year was one of those cases. We got together, we were out the door and on the road by six o'clock in the morning because we knew we had to go from here to three hours away. So yeah, and that was a fun event in in and of itself. That the whole road trip was fun. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I guess if you are new newer to geocaching or to the area or whatever, and you're trying to identify geocachers at the event, I started thinking about how you said wearing geocaching clothing or something. Right. Because there's probably a likelihood somebody probably has a geocaching shirt on, possibly. So you could just look for there's gonna be, the geocaching. There's going to be at least one. And, yeah. and now that the MIG people have come out with their own where I've got three or four people that wear their MIG shirts to every event. So it's not hard to find us. It's just a matter of looking up, looking up away from your phone for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, there you go. Yeah. Got some ways to identify now. But, it, and it just so happens that, you know, we had an instance one time where, we were not the only party in a park. Okay. So the newer people had a problem trying to figure out which party they had to be a part of. 
So when we were at uh, Moga, where you okay. and I met, yeah. When we went to that, I went to the Space Coast booth, and I had them. I, I ordered up a one of these. Uh, what do they call lawn flags? Oh, okay. The the, the things that yeah. some campers use or whatever. It's it's a banner that stems from a, a an iron you know frame. Yeah. And it basically says Midline Geocachers event, and it gives a trackable code so that that's also just oh. a, a, a revolving logbook that I use that, hey, even though you've been here and you've done this trackable before, do it again and let me know what you thought of this event. And it's kind of a feedback motion. But it also identifies this is a geocacher's event. And I put it right outside the pavilion and people can see it coming away. So that's a good idea. I have those once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and anymore, people are actually asking me when we when we get to these events, hey, where's where's your banner? I said, Oh, it's over there. They said, well, you should move it over here because all the people are going to be over. Okay, you're right. Lock it out of the ground. Put it over here. Because I didn't think, yeah, people are coming from that way, not this way. So There you go. That sounds good. Any other advice you can think of? We covered quite uh, a bit. I know. And in a short amount of time, this is not normal for us. I know. I think we need to go on a few more tangents. I, I know. I was just thinking we managed to mostly stay on topic tonight. That's that's pretty impressive for the two of I us, think especially. You, I think you and I are getting better at this. <laughs> this is my fifth or sixth time with you. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, the one thing I do want to make mention of, um, which... I myself am in the trap here up until I saw this person in, in Lincoln doing their, their event. Um, one thing that, that will help geocaching in general is, and, and you kind of hit upon it when you said, uh, when you asked me, how does some other people get started on doing events? My main takeaway from that is jump in, try it. Do it. If you get held up, you know, bring somebody you trust in to help you with this. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a geocacher. It can be, you know, talk to a wedding planner, for gosh sakes. <laughs> no, you laugh at it, but seriously, think about it. it it's makes the sense same though. idea. Yeah, It's the same idea. The thing we have a problem here is, and, and I think a thing that plagued the PAC when they were still around and the reason why I got away with 44 people in my first event was because it got to the point where only one person was doing an event, doing all events. And we can't keep doing that. We need to get more people involved in doing the events because we can't rely on that one person every dang time yeah one person you know this one person is getting really tired of coming up with events it 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 is time for somebody to not necessarily take on the mantle but help help yeah. by coming up with events also and and touting the line and and making their way with doing them as well because like i said Maybe they're going to do something that I had never thought of. Maybe they're going to do just the plain old plain old. But at least there's an event going on that I can just go to and not have to worry about. Not yeah. that I'm complaining, mind you. I'm just saying that this is what I see in a lot of the geocaching communities is there's usually one or two people that are only doing the events. And it needs to be passed around. Yeah, I, I can tell you in, in my area, there's definitely one name that I constantly see coming up hosting events. And it's great that he does it 
And then, of course, our Laslaga organization tries to host events as well. And sometimes you see other ones scattered in there, but it seems like for the most part, it's, you know, Slaga trying to promote things or this one other guy mm-hmm. having events all the time. So you're right. There does need to be some other stuff in there. Yep. And and even, I mean, there's these GIFFs uh, that, that go on. Yeah, the GIFs. I don't know how you pronounce it. GIFs. I don't know either. GIFs. That's how I call it. <laughs> we'll go with yours, okay? But there's these though, that happen also. And some people sometimes come out of the woodwork to do that. But then that's it. Yeah. It's like, no, you know how to do an event. You just showed me you can. How about you come over to my side and do something? but it's true it is what it is that's true well hopefully a few people will be inspired to attend events or host one themselves from this so i i think this this wheel of challenge that we're currently in i think couldn't have come at a better time because it is something that needs to be addressed more on a uh, general geocaching community mm-hmm. because we have fallen into rely, relying on only those certain people to do it. And it's, it's time for other people to get their hands dirty a little bit. Let's, let's, let's give them a go. Let them have some of the limelight. About, I just thought of another question. I probably should have put this on the list to start with, but when you're, when you're deciding to host an event and you know, you go through the publishing process and stuff, how long do you need to estimate from when you submit the event to the actual event happening? Because obviously you don't want to do it like three, four months out because you know, unless you're one of the mega events, right? but you, you also can't wait the week of. I never expect any of my events to go mega. Well, no. <laughs> if that happens, I'm giving it up and I'm retiring at that point. <laughs> I don't even think we got enough geocachers to make an mega event around here. But anyway, um, that is a good question. The current reviewer process requires you have to wait at least two weeks out. At least two weeks. Okay. You have to you have to submit it at least. You can't submit it for anything less than two weeks. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes. For example, sense. when I submitted mine last night, uh, it allowed me from the sixteenth of October of September on. Okay. Because that was the two week mark. So you can't go any less than two weeks. But I, I try to keep it around that time frame because if you go any further out like you were just kind of uh implying it kind of gets forgotten about yeah and not a lot of people use that add to calendar function that they may or may not know is on the app when they look at an event so um and and they may not pay attention to it even then Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but if you can keep it in 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 context of the two weeks or close to the two weeks that way the timeliness comes around like this wheel of challenges thing um maybe you're you're trying to promote one of the current promotions like that mary hyde thing was you don't want to do it and say oh it's going to be a month from now well the promotion's going to be done by the end of this month yeah why are you going that far out so it 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 really does base itself on the timeliness of whatever you're trying to accomplish. You're not going to do an ice cream social in the middle of the winter. Well, so, you might. <laughs> yeah, but you might not have a lot of people come. So you might not have a lot of people come to the, it. The idea is to come with these events with ideas that people are going to want to go to. Just like a bonfire in the middle of 100 degree weather probably isn't going to happen. Ooh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, I try to keep it within two to three weeks. Um, just because I like to do things in the here and now, get them done with, get them all set up and just wait. 
I don't like doing a little bit now, doing a little bit in two weeks, doing a little bit more in three weeks. No, do it now, get it over with, have it all set up, ready to go. Now, if you have an event like my, my Yo-Ho-Ho event, which I was talking about, that does take a little bit more planning. So you're right. going to need a little more time. So just be cognizant of that. But for the most part, meet and greets, pie socials, ice cream socials, those are those are what I call throw togethers. You can literally get on the geo page, type them up, send them out, wait for the approval, and then just do it. You know, with the exception of making sure that you uh, get in contact with the venue and make sure that they're on the same page that you are. That's all there is to it. And another thing that I meant to mention also, while I'm thinking about it, um, when you do an event, it does help to separate a table for trackables. Mm. Do not put the trackables on a table that people are sitting at. Have it in a remote location, whether it's in the corner of a room or not necessarily in the entryway because they tend to walk off with little kids, but um, somewhere remotely from the rest of the group where they can still see them. They can still, you know, conjugate around them and, and do their little discovers if they want to do that or just take them, but make sure you have a table designated for track levels. That's a good point. Yeah. I found that out through through a lot of hard luck. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trial and error on that. <laughs> I now have a sign pre-made that says this is the trackable table. And and I put it on the front of the tables. There you so go. People know coming in where they're supposed to look for them and coming in where they're supposed to drop them off. Okay. Because that's another event. Uh, pro is it will get trackables moving. Um, my first uh, giga event uh, was Cincinnati or not Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati, the, the Coney Island one. Yeah. That was the very first giga in, in us. And I went to it and I came away. I kid you not with a, Jeep Wrangler trackable. And those that are listening to me remember it. It was yellow and it was every bit of probably 22 inches long and every bit of about 12 inches high. That was the trackable companion. Wow. Yeah. I literally, I have pictures on my profile of me holding this behemoth of a trackable because I literally got stuck with it in giga <laughs> sounds like those big tonka truck toys that it was it yeah. was and i put it i i had to find room in my then equinox to put it in it because i had all kinds of luggage for this whole weekend thing and it was a bear to bring it home i brought <laughs> it home but the whole way home me and my buddy are like hey should we should we find a geocache and just like ditch it next to the geocache and, you know, wait for somebody to hopefully come and get it relatively soon? Yeah. No, 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 we shouldn't do that. And I don't promote that, by the way. But <laughs> I ended up bringing it back and I had a ice cream social uh, probably within a month of coming back. And I brought that with it with me and I literally put it as the centerpiece of the ice cream social. So everybody that came in saw it, saw that it had a travel bug tag to it. And some people from Texas happened to be at the event. They ended up taking it back to Texas with them. Oh, wow. Bye-bye. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much fun to just tout that for a while, just for the bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> I got this gargantuan trackable. What am I going to do with this thing? That's funny. It was fun. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. I think I covered all the other stuff. I you. think we've covered everything that I can think of, unless there's something else you can think of to share. Uh, trading stories at events. That's always fun. Um, planning new adventures. 
like we had talked yeah. we had talked about doing go. power trails or or just a you know a, a, another day of geocaching doing whatever that's always fun um yeah i think that's pretty much it just remember that a log book, log sheet is not required at an event. Optional. It is very optional. Okay. And a lot of people, when I first started doing this, they chastised me. Oh, you got to have a log sheet. You got to have a log sheet. It's not right if you don't. <laughs> well, according to GCHQ, you can do it without a log sheet. Yeah. So I'm going to live by that now because I don't have time to worry about it. I've seen some my- fun ones though. Like I've seen some people that they get like a notebook and every time they host an event, they just have a new page in the notebook. So they can oh, no, look that's back. a good idea. They can I like look back that. At all the ones and I've seen that, online. That's kind of like my, my trackable code. Yeah. That's kind of like rotating code that log. way. Yeah. Like that. And I saw online. I, I saw a picture of it that somebody did. I have no idea what the event was or anything. It was just something I saw going around online. It might have been in one of the geocaching blogs even. But what somebody did was they got a t-shirt and had everybody sign their t-shirt. Oh, really? For an event. Mm-hmm. And then they had a t-shirt with everybody's geocaching name on it. I don't know if I could do that. But... I don't know. There's there's some neat ideas that you could do. Yeah. But I Yeah. Had... I had one of my my fellow cashers in this area. She she felt crafty one day, and she said, "I'm going to bring my kids in because they like doing crafts too." And they made a uh, they made a giant snowman for one of the ice cream socials. Oh wow! And it was like this big. I mean, it was probably 12, 14 inches tall, made of cotton and styrofoam and cardboard, and she just had a good old time with it and. It was destroyed before the end of the event. Oh no! Yeah, well, it just it didn't hold up for whatever yeah. reason. But it was it was still it was fun to see them go to that effect and, and yeah, it was it was neat. It was different. But I'm not ready to do like the giga event where I bring my car in for everybody to sign. <laughs> yeah, nope. those, they're so cool. Like at Geo Woodstock, they made like a. Like the Hollywood side, they made the Geo Woodstock side, and then you yep. have to deal with it afterwards. I remember doing that too in in Cincinnati. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, so much fun to sign. But then they they had that, and they had the I think it was a bug, a, a Volkswagen Beetle that they had signed. That's awesome. Well, you didn't have to sign, but you could, you could sign. sign it. Yeah, yeah, that was fun too. I think I'm. I think my name's still on the back mirror, back of the <laughs> back of the side mirror. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you do something like that, though, you just have to figure out what you're going to do with it afterwards. <laughs> yes. Yep. But hey, if you don't have anything better to do on the 24th, come on, come on over for uh, a little ice cream social. The 24th. Up here. Yeah. Ice cream have and to mini check golf. my calendar for that one. <laughs> there you go. I could even tout that we'll have local celebrities here or something. Oh, don't say Ooh. that. <laughs> You're using that term really loosely if you're referring yeah. to me. <laughs> maybe I'll bring maybe I'll bring the Hail Meister over. There you go. Tonight. There you go. If you're listening, Hail Meister, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Lee, thank you so much for for getting on here and talking to us about events and hosting, and you've given us some great advice and ideas here. So hopefully, we uh, we see some more events soon, especially with the. Uh, this month's wheel of challenges that's out there. Yeah, I, I totally enjoy our time together. This is anytime you need me, give me a holler. You know where I'm at. <laughs> I do. And, Thank and you. as you know, as you've come to find out, I know some things about some things. You do know a bit about some things. Yeah, at least geocaching <laughs> things. <laughs> oh, a little more than that, too. But yeah. You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you'd like to get in touch, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or go to geocacheadventures.org and you can find the information on the contact page. Theme music is by The Travel Bugs. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and pictures all submitted by geocachers just like you. 
I'm a subscriber myself and I love it. My favorite part is the little snippets on the edges of the articles on all the different pages. Those are my favorites. Just go to ftfgeo.com to check them out and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you.